Welcome back to the Final Shot Podcast. Today the podcast is brought to you by Rampage Coffee. Don't screw around. Put the best beans in your cup. Rampage Coffee, local Saskatchewan company. So support local guys. If you're from Saskatchewan, get Rampage Coffee. They're not playing around. They've got a cool sample pack you can order. It's only a couple bucks. And you get to try a whole bunch of the different kinds of coffee that they have. It's rampagecoffee.com. We're also brought to you by a newer sponsor, monkey knuckle so in canada you can't have brass knuckles they're illegal but these guys at monkey knuckle they they came out with these carbon fiber fucking brass knuckles can't even call them brass knuckles we're calling them monkey knuckles now i'm not recommending you punch anybody in the face with these but hang them from the rearview mirror in your car or truck and you can intimidate that guy that's honking the horn and flipping you the bird Fucking monkeyknuckle.com. Use the promo code final shot and you'll save some money on your purchase. We're also brought to you by On It. If you're not on it, get on it at onit.com forward slash TFS podcast and save 10%. Earth growing nutrients, guys. We're in the fucking world pandemic where everybody's getting sick and dying. If you want to be as healthy as possible, check out Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech Sports, Shroom Tech Immune. They got some vitamin C. They got all the nutrients you need over at onit.com. Use the promo code TFS podcast and save some money on your purchase. We're also brought to you by USG Canada. Ryan Rizicki's favorite sponsor of mine. <laughs> but yes. check him out. Howie at USGCanada.com. Send him a message. Get yourself the best custom walkout gear you can find on the planet. Howie at USGCanada.com. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, the bruiser from Cape Breton. I had to bring him back on again. I gave him a few weeks to chill out at home with his family, get acquainted with his new baby, hang out with his wife. Guys, it's Ryan Rizicki. How's it going, brother? Going good. How are you? Fantastic. You look good. No no bruises on your face today. No, I'm all healed up. And I was good to go in about a week. <laughs> you heal fast. You're like Wolverine. Yeah. My, like, I took, there was, I think the fifth day, my stitches were ready to come out. They were starting to, like, pop themselves out Jesus. after five days. So I know everybody wants me to talk to you about the fight. But we'll get the hunting stuff out of the way first because it is hunting season. It's the best time of the year. Um, we've been swapping yeah. pictures back and forth with uh, with some of the animals that have been taken so far. You got yourself a nice little buck, a bear. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, that's it so far. Look, I haven't uh, I haven't switched over to small game yet, but I'll, I'll be getting some of them too. What are you? What small game are you going for this year? Rabbits, partridge. Um... Ducks, geese, what else? Beavers, shoot beavers. What do you do? Do you eat the beaver? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've never had a beaver. Is it good? It's good. It's like, uh, kind of tastes like bear in a way, but not as good as bear, but it's it's good, yeah. It's good in the smoker. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Now, do you shoot Everything those things? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, I'll shoot them, yeah. I got, I'll trap them, too. Okay. But, uh. I'll shoot them if I come across them. Like, yeah, for sure. I don't know how it works in Cape Breton. Do you have to have a trapping lot, like a trapper's line there? Yeah, you have to have a trapping line, trapping license, all that tags and all that. Okay. So, how yeah. many how many beaver a year are you physically allowed to take yourself? That's a good question. I'd have to ask my grandfather. He's he's uh, more into the trapping than I am. Like, I trap. I'll trap a little bit. Like, I'll uh, be like his apprentice trapper. Okay. Like I don't got my full trapping license or nothing, but I got to get it. I'm going to get it. So tell me about this big bear. I I seen pictures of it online. I've seen the steaks coming off of it. I've seen the the bear fat rendered down in the cooking oil. This thing was huge. It was a big bear, yeah. If especially for here, like apparently, I see. I never. Uh, that was the first bear I ever shot. 
and it's only the second one I've ever seen. I seen one one time when I was up uh, River Dennis Mountain, Cape Breton. I said I just got a glimpse of him, so I never really like had any close encounters with him. So when this guy walked in, I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, I think he's a big bear, but I don't know because I've never seen enough bears to know. And I heard something uh, one time on a hunting show that said judge the size of the bear by how big he is compared to your bait barrel. Okay. And I couldn't even I couldn't see my bait barrel behind him. And I'm like, well, fuck, he must he must be pretty big. <laughs> Anyways, I flattened him. I uh, I hit him right behind the ear with the thirty odd six. And like he dropped right in his tracks, so his head, his head never even come out of the, the bait barrel, and uh, so he was instantly dead. Like I had never seen. Usually, even you hit a deer in the neck or the head, it might kick out a little bit. Yeah, but like he died, he was instantly. There wasn't a, a kick out of him. <laughs> anyway, I walked up to him and I was like, "This got to be big. This got to be a big bear." Because so like the size of him, like he looked like, like up close, he was like near the size of a moose like his body was like the size of a moose's body you know what i mean cut the legs off a moose just the body part so i was like holy fuck how am i gonna i had literally i, I backed the uh my truck up to him and i put on because uh, i was by myself and uh i was gonna get my father-in-law to come help me and i'm like well I'm, I'm gonna try to get him on by myself first and uh anyways i put up uh, a plank that i use for riding my harley up that yeah. i had in the box of the truck I put that on, put a rope around his neck, and I got up on the on the truck, and I just literally drug him up on the <laughs> under the box of the truck. And I got him on, and then took him back, and I was uh, showing like family and everything. And then the next day, um, I had him on the the back of the truck, and I was down at Home Hardware. I was gonna taking him to cut him up, and uh, all like the locals who are from here. So I live in uh, Wicogama, but I'm not from here. I just moved here when I met Dion. And anyways, I like they're used to seeing bear, and they were all lined up next to the truck taking pictures and stuff. And they were like, "This is a monster! Like you never see them this big." And I was like, "Oh shit, is he really that big?" <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was so excited to to get him so I could finally render down the fat because I've want I've always wanted to do it and then you know use it for cooking and stuff. So th- there's been a few posts online. You've been eating the thing. Are you enjoying the meat? Oh, it's the best! It's the best meat I've ever had ever like it's i almost don't even want to eat deer anymore i just want to eat bear just hunt bears that's it like it's unreal it, it's a good meat it's nice it's different than everything else though it is and there's like that's all i'm eating right now i'm not eating nothing else no vegetables no fruits no nothing i'm literally only eating wild game but i'm eating so much of the bear fat like uh that I'm eating enough calories that I'm not losing weight. You know what I mean? You'd think if I was only eating wild game, I'd get skinny as hell, but like, yeah. I'm not because there's so much calories in the bear meat. Wow. That's so yeah. no vegetables, no fruit, no nothing, just bear meat. Nothing. I just ate um, potatoes today that uh, someone up the road gave my mother-in-law, I guess they were out on the step. I cooked some of them and ate them and I don't even feel good. Like I'm just so used to eating just the wild game that if I eat anything else, my stomach's like, oh, what's that, you know? So when you were skinning this out, when you get them up, they, they actually look like a human when they're all kind of, there's no fur on them. Yeah, same as a raccoon. Raccoons look the same way. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Now, are you going to do Are you, are you gonna do something with the with the pelt on this thing? I took it right to the uh, taxidermist. I drove four hours away just to dry, drop it off at the taxidermist here. That's supposed to be really good. You're going you're gonna to rug it out then? But it, yeah, doing a rug with the with the head and the paws and everything on it. I want to see a picture of that when it's done. It'll look cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's a big bastard of a bear. I was I was super impressed with it when I seen it. I was like, oh shit, that thing's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this friggin' pile of meat. The the fat that I got off it. Oh my god, I bet you I got probably about a hundred pounds of fat off it. Wow. Like just fat, like cubed up and vacuum sealed. Now, how much meat did you actually, did you get off of this thing? I don't know. I would say probably 150 pounds, maybe. That's pretty yeah. good. Pretty good, yeah. Like, it was a, that was a big animal. A really big animal. I filled a whole, uh, like, a small deep freezer, you know, like a chest freezer. Yeah. I filled the whole thing with just wow. the bear alone. Wow. So, oh, yeah. We were, we were both out hunting today. I had a better day than you. Obviously today you didn't yeah. get nothing, but I did end up uh, getting a nice white tail buck. 
uh, mule deer doe, and and four uh, sharp tail park or uh, pheasants or whatever sharp. Yeah. we call them sharpies. That was a good day. That was a nice size buck he got. What did you shoot him with? Uh, three hundred wind mag. Um, I'm actually freaking selling mine. Like I, I can't shoot it anymore. Why? You like it? Like you like a three hundred wind mag? I love it. That's my favorite. Um, just the recoil. So after that fight, my eardrum got ruptured, and now every time, like I, the first shot I fired at it, but when I got home to sight it in, I couldn't hear for like I couldn't hear nothing. Really? So I was like, that's it. Like, I can't even shoot the three hundred wind mag anymore. I guess like Magnum calibers now. It's just a, like thirty odd sixes, all right. But the three hundred wind mag, man, it almost. Like it was like the concussion was starting over again. It was just brutal. Wow, really? What make? Uh, what make is the gun? It's a Savage One Ten. That's a good gun. Oh yeah, they're the, the oldest, uh, the oldest production of a rifle, like a hunting rifle. They've been on the line for longer than Remington Seven Hundreds and Winchester Model Seventies. How many grains were you running, running in the bullet? Uh, One hundred fifty. Okay, so same as me. I don't have a, an issue with the with the sound. No, pro, no, but that's I, I was fine before too. Huh. Like before the fight, I was I shot that gun, decided it in, breaking the barrel and all that, and like it was fine. Didn't but kick didn't bother me at all. I, I fired like I put a whole box of bullets through it and it never <laughs> bothered me. First shot I fired at it after the fight, my head was ringing. I was like, I can't. Nope. Well, thirty odd six is a fantastic gun too. I'm surprised that one's—they're fairly close. I don't know. Well, I got—it's um, a Remington model seventy four hundred semi-automatic, with okay. the older semis. Yeah. So it's a—it's a pretty heavy gun. So the, like I find there's no like the kick. I don't know. Just not there's something about the three hundred wind mag like those Magnum calibers. They just there's a bit more recoil. I find anyway. Is it a synthetic stock or wood? Wood. Huh. That's uh... wood. Yeah. I'm surprised. Well, the heavier the gun, the less the the less the kick. So yeah. Well, my my thirty odd six, it's like shooting a twenty two magnum. So I don't find there's like obviously a little bit more than that, but like I don't even my eyes don't even flinching up when I shoot it. That's you know it could be more accurate like that. But I was like that with the three hundred win mag, like I said. But now it's nope. So I I was very lucky today to get the deer be and the birds because I I had taken chicken legs out for supper. And I left them in the sink, and my wife's big ass fucking dog got in the sink, ate seven oh. chicken legs, like ate all our dinner. So tonight we oh, had uh, we had tenderloin, we had liver, and we had uh, buck testicles. I saw that in the picture you sent me. I was like, "There's no way." But what the fuck? He's eating that? <laughs> I mean, I eat every part. I did, but I don't eat that part. Um. You've ne- probably never had prairie oysters then. So when we go to Brandings, we cut the cut the balls off the steers, turn them into steers, right? And then they go in the deep fryer, and those are prairie oysters. So oh, you deep fry them. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're only about that big. The, this buck, these fucking nuts were huge. You know, you're like, I gotta deep fry these. <laughs> they're pretty good though. I did enjoy them. They're nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good way to cook wild game. You know, I um I've been cooking like. I've been cooking deer meat in bear fat. Yeah. Basically deep frying it in bear fat more or less. And like, frick, what a way to cook it. Well, what did I do with those tender? I, I cut the tenderloins up into like almost bite-sized pieces. Yeah. I had a bunch of bacon grease in a pan. So I just heated that up, threw the tenderloin in there with another strip of bacon, added some salt and the way we went. It was fantastic. Oh yeah. That's all you need. Nothing, nothing like fresh, right? Like it, when I cut it out of the deer, it was still warm. Oh yeah, I I find when like you know when you cut those back straps off and you're cutting them up into your the yeah. medallions they're called yeah like I, I've I've just eaten them I did it I did it the the other day like I just I was cutting the back strap up and I just ate it piece of back strap raw right off the deer <laughs> we do it all the time when we're butchering I get I don't yep. eat supper that night because I eat so much of the raw deer you're eating it yeah it's it's completely fine people don't realize that it won't like bear you would kill you if you fucking eat it raw oh, but yeah. deer and moose you can eat you, elk you caribou any kind anything of the deer family you could eat that raw so when we're gutting the deer we obviously we take the liver and the heart out and we save those so mm-hmm. when we take the liver out we take a piece off of the liver and eat it raw and that tells us what we're going to do with the deer either it's going to be a grind deer or we're going to stake it out and all that so if the liver's okay. if the liver's sweet, 
we stake everything out and then we use the the shit cuts for grind if it's a little bit bitter we grind the whole fucker and just keep the back straps yeah yeah that's a good way to do it yeah but a lot of people they've they've seen us do that and they're like you guys are fucking insane what's wrong with you (sighs) well you tell so much by liver right yeah yeah, like we you, you see up here, sometimes you'll see like the liver. Uh, um, there'll be I shot a deer, and the liver is just full of like blisters, like really? blisters, or like I don't know what they were. They were like if you just popped them, there was like pus in them. It was freaking gross. Uh, I ate the deer, but like I did notice that the meat wasn't it wasn't right. But I ate it anyway. <laughs> Tasted a little <laughs> off. I, yeah, there like there was something wrong there. I don't know if he was hit by a car. Or what the hell was wrong there? Maybe it was sick. I don't know. Well, it didn't make you sick. It just tasted weird. Yeah, it didn't make me sick at all. I didn't undercook. I make sure I cooked it all well, but normally I'd cook it and I'd barely cook deer meat. It's just like red in the middle. Yeah, still bleeding. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the only way. Once you overcook it, it's no good. Uh, does Dion? Does she like the wild game? She'll eat it. Yeah, she she'll always try it. She won't eat like as much as I do. I don't know if anyone does, but. She, she'll eat it. Maybe. Everyone here, like when I cook, uh, everyone has like a little bit. But like our our meals generally consist of just wild meat. Yeah, it's a, once you start eating like that, you don't even want to eat that store stuff. Oh, it's disgusting. You know, <laughs> it makes me sick instantly. If I eat like a steak or something from uh, even from like a restaurant, it makes me sick. So we do we get beef every year, but we get it from our cousin and they're just they're just grass fed. They're whatever yeah. they find out on the prairie is what they're eating. Same as the deer. Yeah, fresh beef from a butcher. That's a whole different story. A whole different ball of wax. But they're they're yeah. fairly close to wild game as you can get from something that's not a deer or a moose or an elk or a bear. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. But uh how how much longer do you have for hunting season? I think uh, deer season goes until December 3rd. Uh, small game until March, I think, sometime. Coyote, I'm pretty sure, is all year round. But, like, I'm almost I'm almost done now pretty well. Yeah. Just yeah. to get another deer in the bag and then some small animals and maybe some birds and, and you're done. That's about it, yeah. I, could, I got so much meat off that bear, right? <laughs> Do you have two deer in the bag so far or just one? Oh, I didn't get any action. I didn't shoot that deer. Oh, you didn't shoot it? That was just a... No, my buddy shot that one. I'm okay. after a big buck right now. Okay. So you're still yeah. on the deer trail then. How many deer can you take this year? Just the one? Just one, yeah. That's all you're allowed. Fuck, you got to come hunting here, Ryan, because we... Like, I have the whitetail tag, and now yeah. after my whitetail tag, I can go out and take a whitetail doe. I got drawn for antlerless mule deer, so that means I can take two of those... And then I can take uh, a mule deer buck in archery season. And an elk too, right? And an elk, yeah. Holy, what about a moose? You guys got moose? We do have moose, but they're they're also a draw, so I didn't get drawn for them this year. But Imagine if you got drawn for the moose, so holy <laughs> fuck. Could you imagine the, money, <laughs> imagine the money I'd have to spend on freezers? Oh, I guess. You just need to get a walk. You just need a walk in. That's the only way you do it. Walk in cooler. That'd be that'd be the only walk way. In cooler. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll get into the stuff that everybody wants to hear me talk about with you, and that's going to be the fight. And this is the first interview since the fight. Am, am I wrong? No, this would be the first interview. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing people are hitting you up left, right, and center, and they want the story. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm, I'm getting it first. So fuck you guys. <laughs> You're getting there. You're getting there. <laughs> um, so not too long ago, you fought for the WBC Bridgerweight World Title against Oscar Rivas. Massive opportunity. You took the fight on two weeks' notice, and uh, it, it's an instant Canadian classic fight that that went down that night. It, it was a fantastic fight. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good to be involved in it. Like to be to be part of that. And I think I got three three nominations: fight of the year. Um, most dramatic fight of the year, and then comeback of the year. So who was coming back, Rivas? No, like I guess because I kept it kept looking like I was going to get taken out, and then I would come back. Oh, so that's like an award for you specifically? Yeah, 
Amazing. I think that's how it works. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure. Unless he was the one that was almost getting taken out and coming back. Or maybe it was both of us. I'm not sure how that award works. It was very close for both you at a couple points. Um, The first round was the one that really stuck out to me. Were you rocked in the first round? Oh, yeah. I was rocked (laughs) bad. Bad. (laughs) (laughs) It it looked like it was uh, about the minute. It was probably a minute and a half left in the round or something like that. And I was like, no, it was on the bell. It was on the bell. Okay. It was on the bell. I got saved by the bell or I would have got dropped for sure. Really? I don't know if I would have got dropped. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like people were like, Oh, you got saved by getting knocked out, but I don't know. I like That's maybe boxing. knocked down. I, I would have got knocked down, but I would have got up. <laughs> like it's hard to it's hard to say I would have been knocked out, you know what I mean? Because I, I feel like he, oh, of course, he would have put me down. I, my legs were gone, like, yeah. you know. But I think I would have got up, and I probably would have somehow found a way. Like apparently, that's what I do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked a little shaky at the end of the first round, and then the second round, you came storming back out again. You're like, "Fuck this, we're going to war." Yeah. And from- well, I just remember, like, I remember, um, I remember. This is what I remember from the first round. So I'm like, I'm, I'm still kind of like. Not nervous, but I can't believe I'm standing across the ring from Oscar Rivas. When I was an amateur with four fights, I was watching him on TV. I was like, you know, one of my favorite fighters to watch. I actually, like, I bought the zone, the app, just to watch him versus Dillian White. Like, you know, so um, it was pretty cool to be standing across the ring from him. And I know that right hand, yeah, that right uppercut and the overhand looping right hand. I know those two punches he has can put anyone out. So I'm, I'm, as I'm fighting him in the first round, I was like, am I going to see it coming? You know, am I going to, am I going to see it? Am I not going to see it coming? Am I just going to wake up on the floor? Am I going to be able to take it? So I'm like asking all these questions in my head and like all of a sudden, you know, I was doing okay, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, and then I was sitting on the stool and Stevie's giving me instructions and we're going into the second round. And I was like, oh fuck, I got hit with the right hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> man. So after the first round the whole fight was super close i i think you had him hurt a couple times he probably had you hurt a couple more times i'll give you credit though you got a fantastic poker face yeah i was hurt uh the first round like i said i was hurt yeah but I, after that first round there was no time in the fight when i got hurt like that again okay i, I got hit hard and i knew i got hit hard but no um i wasn't hurt bad again after that after that first round you were doing a lot of talking in the rounds too like you were trying to get it like bring him into a like a, a street fight almost i felt like yeah well i knew like when stevie knew i remember when uh when we got when i got the call for the fight and then i called stevie and i uh you know it's like obviously my first question was like how do we prepare how do you how do we get ready for this and he's like listen on two weeks of training for a 12 round world title fight He's like, you, the only thing you got to train is your mind, buddy. He's like, we're going into the trenches that are in our in our mind. Yeah. So the so that two week of training camp, there wasn't there was nothing physical about it. Like I sparred and I did everything I would normally do, but I actually trained less for those two weeks. Like I was only running, geez, I only ran a handful of times. Like everything was short. I only sparred four rounds at a time, and I only sparred like four times. Wow. So, so what it was was. Stevie wanted to just preserve my natural toughness, preserve my chin and stuff so that I could like push my body harder. You know what I mean? Like it was fully recovered and I wasn't going in with any injuries or anything like that. It was all just getting the head ready for what it was going to go through. It was such a grueling fight to watch. Like um, I was watching it and at the same time, my producer was watching it at, at his house and he texted me at around about round seven. He's like, I got to turn it off. I can't watch it anymore. I said, so what the fuck's wrong with you? Riziki's in there. He's doing work. He's like, I'm too invested in the fight. Like I like him as a person. I don't want to see, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my uncle said to me after the fight, he's like, honestly, he's like, I really thought they were going to stop it. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I thought that they were going to stop the fight to save both of us. He's like, <laughs> it looked like both of us were going to die. <laughs> I, like, I never heard anyone say that before about a fight. Like, it you was... should stop it. Just just stop it. 
It was a, it was one of the nastiest fights I think I've ever watched. Yeah, when I when I watched it back, I was like, Jesus, I I, I just can't comprehend how I took the shots I took because I know boxing and I know fighters and I know like when I when I you know I'm a, I'm a student of the game you could say yeah so like when I see when I see fights I you can pretty well call how they're gonna go and like if I was looking at me versus Revis and I and you know it wasn't me I was just looking at two fighters I follow you know giving up the weight like man when you see a 160 pounder fight a 168 pounder you see a difference in power and you see a difference in being able to absorb a shot because of the uh, different structures, bone structures, you know what I mean? Like a 175 pounder hitting a 154 pounder, he's going to sleep every time. So when I was, when I was like looking at the fight, you know, I'm like, how am I going to take his punches? Like how am I going to how am I going to take them for 12 rounds? It's not amateur anymore. Like when I fought Simon Keen, like yes, I took his shots into heavyweight, but they were bigger gloves. Mm-hmm. Now I'm fighting Oscar Rivas with smaller gloves. So when you when I look at it like that and then I watch the fight back, I'm thinking it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how the frig I took those punches like that because like physically it shouldn't have been possible to take that many of them, right? So I was watching it thinking like this is kind of sickening to watch. It took me like I couldn't watch it the first time. Oh really? Because I because I know the damage that should have been done. So I'm watching it like, oh, like I can't even see me taking those shots. Like I'm like, how am I not punched out like punchy and brain dead after a fight like that, right? Uh, I get kind of nervous watching it. But then the second time I watched it just kind of like you know, just watched as a boxing match. Don't think of the damage I was taking. Then I like, whoa, this is a really good fight. (laughs) It's one of the it's one of the the greatest Canadian fights of all time. It'll go down in history as like whether whatever happens to that Bridgerweight division, that'll be the best fight that that division will ever see. Probably, yeah, and it was, it's crazy that it was the first one, the first world title fight, right? Hey, if yeah. you if you were trying to make a splash in in anything, that was the way to do it. I don't give a flying fuck that you lost or won, won win or win, lose or draw. It doesn't matter. Yeah, well, I always said like it's that was never about you know. Yeah. It was never about winning and losing to me. I never really cared. I never. I still don't. Well, the, it, it might be a loss on your record, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a win because you're off to the races. Yeah, and I was just. I like. I love being involved in a fight like that, whether it was the losing end or the winning end. It was just like I like being part of those big fights, right? That people talk. People talk about. People enjoy. It. So and I just like it. Like I love those. I love being in a war. Well, it's a historical fight. That's what. That's the way it'll go down. But now with those guys that are in that cruiserweight division, that top 10 in the world, they're going to go and they're going to look at that fight and they're like, okay, maybe we're going to avoid this guy. He's a fucking problem. Yeah. He's a problem. Yeah, well, I mean, if it was me looking at, looking at it like as another cruiserweight, I would say like you don't want to fight a guy that you just physically can't knock out and he can knock you out. That's a guy you don't want to fight because, like, you know, if a, if a heavyweight puncher can't get me out of there with with everything, it's going to be difficult for a cruiserweight to hurt me. Like, not just get me out of there, but just just hurt me in general, you know? And if you can't hurt me, I'm coming. I'm just going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. <laughs> so now that you've competed for a world title at a higher weight division – um, that WBC cruiserweight title has got to be fairly close in the horizon itself because uh, you went up a weight class, took a heavyweight guy to the brink. Yeah. And now you're going to go back down to your weight class. Now we've got Canelo going to cruiserweight to fight, uh, what's his name? Macabu. That's the fight that I was going to get. Oh, really? That was the fight that, like, that was the next fight was Macabu. Wow. Yeah, not my neck. Like, I'm going to have a couple of uh, tune-ups or whatever you call them. Yeah, yeah. You can get a couple wins, or hopefully. And uh, and then I was going to go after the Cruiserweight World title, WBC. So, Macabo. But then Canelo, Canelo jumped in there, and he's got it. Pretty cool, though. Uh, could you imagine if you you do a couple tune up fights and then Canelo beats this guy and you got to go you got to fight Canelo for the world title? 
Oh, yeah. Well, that'd be quite the payday. <laughs> Money. <That'd be laughs> huge. Yeah. Wonder, I don't know how I do against Canelo. I don't know. I, I just, I don't think he's going to, he's not going to knock me out, but it's a tough guy to beat. There's so much skills. Like, I know the size difference, but still, like, the dude's so skilled, you know? Yeah, super skilled. Super skilled. He's a freak. He's a, he's a, in my opinion, he's the greatest fighter since Sugar Ray Robinson. I'm not the biggest Canelo fan of all time, but I will admit that he's great. He's definitely great. Yeah. That that Caleb Plant fight was pretty fun to watch. It was a good fight. Yeah, that was a, that was a real uh, game opponent. Caleb Plant was a he's a great boxer. Like he's not a puncher, not by any means, but he's a great boxer. Yeah. And he's a he's a tricky tricky guy to hit because he does like this kind of shoulder roll. He he doesn't really like, you know, do the traditional shoulder roll, but but he he whatever he does works for him, right? He's, it makes him dip, a difficult target to hit. Yeah, one, but one, Canelo's one. got the answer, man. Canelo goes right to his arm. He <laughs> does it to everybody. He hits the arm. He hits the body. He hits whatever the hell he can hit. You know, he's not trying to hit your head. I, I would love to see you get that fight because one, it would set you up probably for the rest of your life. I, I don't know what yeah. the Rivas fight paid. I'm guessing it was fairly good, seeing as how you're coming in on two weeks' notice. But it's not a it's not a Canelo payday. No, no, it's not a it's not a life changing payday. It was just to get the bills paid for more or less. But like, <laughs> hey, you know, money's money at this point. Like we're in the weirdest time of all time. So if you can get a a decent payday that can cover your bills for a little while until you can get back in there again, hey. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And, uh, but yeah, the Canelo, Canelo fight, that's pretty crazy the, that he's going up the cruiserweight. Yeah. Um, so when we were watching the fight, the, the ESPN feed dropped, it, it cut off and a whole bunch of us were oh. scrambling to find the last minute and a half of the fight. Because mm-hmm. what I didn't know until about 10 minutes after the fight is Rivas got a point deducted. Yeah, for uh, holding. I mean, they they said it was a low blow, but uh, I remember the referee saying like stop holding, and then he deducted a point. Um, I don't know if he just somehow it ended up being a low. He never hit me low, so I don't know how that happened. But I hit him low. <laughs> I did. I did. I nailed him low because like, I was like at the end of the fight. I remember thinking like, dude, like let me go. Like he was. I just I was getting real frustrated. Right. Yeah. I just that's what I remember was thinking like all I need it was like one clean shot that was it and I couldn't get it because the credit to him he knew how to get get like just too close or yeah. just hold like you know it was it was a uh, it was pretty crazy experience just having the guy like so good at not letting me do what I needed to do <laughs> in, in the twelfth round in the twelfth like. The whole fight, it was just a different... The the 12th round was like a different fight for well, whatever reason. For for anybody that's watched multiple multiple of your fights, um, that fight is definitely not the way that you fought in probably any of your previous fights ever. No, probably not. <laughs> well, no. It, it was fun to watch because we've just seen you... We've seen you steamroll guys. Get them out of yeah. there in, in one round, three rounds, four rounds, six rounds... And uh, this was, like, just in the face, in the pocket, throwing bombs, trying not mm-hmm. to get hit, getting your head snapped back by jabs where it was up in fucking uh, cloud nine. Like, I know. I remember looking up at the ceiling and being like, whoa, that's a hard <laughs> fucking shot. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never seen a guy throw a jab that hard. He had a one hell of a jab. I'm telling you, like, wow, he could punch. He could punch. Well, what did he say to you after the fight? Uh, he said, I don't know. We're, I can't remember word for word because he ruptured my uh, my right eardrum real bad. So everything was ringing after the fight. It sounded like a gunshot went off next to my head. But he said something like I was the toughest fight of his life. That's a compliment. Like, that's, a, that's a serious compliment. They, 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 they all said it. His whole team said that. The, the guy's been in the ring with Dillian White. Yeah, it was a tougher fight. Hey, um, I've also seen... Not, uh, not I'd be, I'm not saying I'd beat Dillian White. I'm just saying styles make fights, right? 
well that's the like combat sports math never adds up nothing not none of it does dillian might might knock you out in two rounds but you go the distance with oscar rivas and it'd be the greatest fight we've ever seen yeah or i might knock dillian out two rounds who knows we we don't know until you get in there and throw bombs or it could be a 12 round war like you just don't know right this could this could be your whole career, man. You go in there and you're in twelve round wars for the rest of your career now. I hope not. I really don't <laughs> hope not. <laughs> I just I'd love to get them all out of there in one dollar a day, like you know. So that fight was uh that's a life altering fight that you just had, not just in the in the sport of boxing, but personally too. Mm-hmm. You'll never be the same after that fight. You left. A certain amount of yourself in the ring. Oh, absolutely! I knew that. I knew, I knew it was going to happen before the fight. I remember leaving the ring, and I just remember that thought, like you know, like I went under the ropes and I looked like at the ring as I left, and it was just like it was just a weird feeling. It was like I knew, like there's a part of my soul that I'm never going to get back. <laughs> there's a part of my health that I'm never going to get back. You know what I mean? Now, there's been rumors that Oscar Rivas is going to fight. Um, I think he's got a mandatory challenger or something like that. But uh, there was an option for you to do a rematch, I believe. No. No option? No option, no. Your name's been thrown out there for a rematch. I know that much. Uh, no. We did, they, they, I'm just told that, no, they're, they're not going to do a rematch. But... I don't know. I, I, anything can happen. You never know. But I just been told that no, they don't want to do one. Well, of course they don't. You just took that guy to the fucking brink of death. Yeah, and like if we do a rematch, like no, like I'm not saying that it would change anything, but it's just I will have a full camp. Hey, I think it's a different fight with you a full know? camp. Yeah, and I put I put on real weight, and not <laughs> salt and white bread weight. <laughs> Did you feel like shit on <laughs> weigh-in day? On weigh-in day, oh my god, the day, the night before weigh-ins, Dion had pictures. She put them on her Instagram stories. We went to this little restaurant in Quebec, and uh, I eat, man, I eat like French fries and uh, what, what else did I eat? Like a like crispy chicken burger, like you name it, and then like two appetizers at this like just dirty restaurant. Like, that's how I got to 203 pounds. The night of the fight, I weighed myself in the hotel room before we went to the venue, and I was 194. With my clothes on. <laughs> so I, after that fight was over, I probably weighed, like, in the 180s. Like, after, like, the fight was over. Well, after that fight was done, you were suffering from dehydration, too, correct? Very bad. Uh, just worse than that, I got... Um, so what happened was... The way they explained was like, I got so dehydrated at one point in the fight that my muscles started to deteriorate because there was no water left in my blood. They they also said to the doctors that there was no, there would have been no fluid left around my brain to even help cushion the blows. So they were like, you like how you even didn't get knocked out is the question because the the doctors when I went into the emergency room or the trauma wherever they took me, they watched the fight. <laughs> Like the doctors watch the fight, and when we come through, the doctors like, "Get that guy in here! Get him. He just fought for a world title." Because <laughs> I was, um, I was strapped to the. They had to strap my legs and my arms down to the freaking the gurney, yeah. Because I, my body started to convulse, so my body was like convulsing and shaking because it was so dehydrated. I don't know what was going on, but like they said, my muscles, um, they deteriorated and like the enzymes from my muscles were going through my bloodstream and through my kidneys. So they were pretty nervous that I was going to have kidney failure. Wow. Yeah. And they were, they were, then I'd be on dialysis for the rest of my life. So they had to start pumping the IVs into me, pumping the IVs. And like, I was, so I was dehydrate, dehydrated. So I was like fainting. And like, like I said, my body was convulsing. And then all of a sudden, Every like you know when you get a cramp yeah. in your calf, or you get a cramp in your foot, and it's like ah, you know, like that. Yeah. Well, from my head to my toe, my whole body cramped. Wow. I could never explain what that felt like. It was like I was in the bed and just like, man, it was bad. I remember thinking in my head like, I'm gonna die. I'm actually gonna die. Um. Now, and, and it was like I don't know, it was just an eye opener. It was like, this is what these fights do to you. Like, it's the aftermath. Like. 
people never seen the aftermath of the Gaddy Ward fights. They never seen the aftermath of like of these great, great fights. And then it was like I was there, and I was like, man, this is what they all went through. Jake Lamada, Dempsey, yeah, Rocky Marciano, like puts a whole new perspective into everything. Now, this isn't the first time you've suffered from dehydration, though, is it? No, this is the second time that happened. But this was a little worse because there was also I was also concussed. I was also like, yeah, beaten to shit. My eyes were closed. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a crazy feeling. Like I thought I I thought I'd been through tough fights, but man, that was uh, that was the toughest fight I've ever been in. So for people that are watching on YouTube right now, Ryan's hiding in his truck because he doesn't want to wake up his baby. He's got a, a tiny little baby in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we've been trying to piece this thing together for a couple of days now, but uh, I do appreciate you making the time to do it. Uh, I, it's great to talk to you. And people have been climbing up my ass to get you back on. They wanted it the day after the fight. I was like, trust me, this fucking guy can't talk right now. No, I couldn't. <laughs> but no, I was in shape, man. I do have some fan questions for you that came in. Um, a fuckload of them. Yeah. You want to nice. answer? You want to answer them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this comes from Fearson underscore G. Duramax two door or four door? Extended cab. Okay. Are we That's talk- mine. I would rather a four door, but mine's an extended cab. So four-door four would be the preferable choice. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dark Horse HQ. What a performance, champ. Ref was corrupt as fuck. Your career about to blossom. Much love. That's not even a question, but thank you. Um, Ronan, has the WBC talked to you about your future in the sport? Uh, no, but my promoter was... Um he's at the convention right now, the WBC, WBC convention. And, uh, he's been sending me all kinds of videos and he showed me where they were. They had my fight playing on the big screen. Awesome. And Floyd may Floyd Mayweather, sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Roberto Duran were all watching my fight, like standing up. Like, wow. it was crazy. Yeah. Floyd, Floyd Mayweather said that, that he thought I won the fight. <laughs> they all did. They, they all said that, but I, you know, I, I can't agree. I can't disagree. I just, I don't see it like that. But anyways, um, to answer the question, that's about all I know is that my promoter's at the at the convention right now. So I'm probably going to get some new some news uh, in the next couple of days, I would say. See what's up, see what's next. So we'll, we'll go back to the thing where you said that they thought you won the fight. I also thought that you won the fight. I scored it for you all five times that I've watched it. But. There's a lot of a lot of journalist guys that are that are on the internet, and they go and they make these videos about why somebody else won the fight. Those don't fucking do anything. Like, there's a there's judges at the fight. The, the, yeah. we, have, we have to go with what the judges say because this is the sport. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, I, I could see, you know, Revis Revis landed some big shots. He had a lot more. He had more weight on the shots. Like, I'll be honest. I think I was the harder puncher. Yeah. I just think that he had more weight on them and the weight that advantage that he had on me. So when he hit me, like my, my head was snapping back and you could see like, you could see more of um, damage being done with his punches. Do you know what I mean? Where my shots, I was in tight and I know for a fact, I hit him with short left hooks that were just like, yeah, they were so hard, man. Like those were hard shots. And uh, he was more, he looked more sturdy. Yeah. Because he, he had the weight and he was solid to the floor. So so if you're a judge and I land four or five hard shots, he lands one that, like, sends me off balance a little bit. So you can see how, like, you know, he got it. I, I see it both ways, but I don't really care, to be honest. I was happy to be in the fight. I thought you won the fight on volume and pressure. Um, he landed the more dramatic shots. Yeah. But that it, it is what it is. We can't fucking fight about the about the goddamn decision. But no. that fight will give you more opportunities in the future and bigger opportunities, hands down. Oh yeah, it's uh, set, set set me up for a big one for sure. Uh, next question comes from Logan J underscore O five. How hurt were you in the first great fight, Ryan? I'm a huge fan. Oh, I was I was pretty pretty hurt. I was wobbled for sure. Um, like I said before, I think uh, 
I think if the bell didn't ring, he would have knocked me down. Definitely would have knocked me down. Um, next uh, question comes from the clip show. How come you and Ford don't fight? Again, we're going to go back to this. Uh, he didn't sign the contract. <laughs> That's all I know. I signed my end. He didn't sign his end. He he wanted uh, he wanted more money to fight me. <coughs> my promoters didn't want to pay him more money to fight me. He wanted me to come down to 180 pounds, and I can't get to 180 pounds because I'm a cruiserweight. Well, I probably could, but I'm not gonna for to fight him. Like it's it's a cruiserweight fight. Yeah. You know, it's a cruiserweight fight. He's not a cruiserweight. He's a, he's great at his weight, yeah. and I'm good at mine. And I I respect him as a fighter. I don't like him. I genuinely I do not like the guy, but I gotta respect him as a fighter. You know, and that's his weight and blah blah blah. I got mine. 168 pounds to 200 pounds is a big difference. We'll just leave it at that. It's a big difference, but at the same time, hey, look at the weight I gave up. So I'm not throwing any digs or nothing, but don't be. You know, weight. Weight's not that big of a deal. Um, next question comes from Cynthia. Uh, oh, um, who's next? What about Simon Keen? These people want to see me get killed or what? Jesus, how many heavyweights should I fight? I fought my whole <laughs> amateur career there. I walk around 190 to 195 pounds. Let's see me fight some people my own size. Yeah. And then, uh, and then hey, never know. <laughs> But Simon, I, I got to get some fights against people my own size for a little while. Simon Keane's a very different fight than Oscar Riva. Simon Keane's absolutely fucking massive. He's massive, yeah. He's a big guy, but uh, he's a, he doesn't he doesn't hit as hard as Rivas and doesn't take a good of a shot as Rivas. So you know, okay, Simon Keane could could probably outbox me, but the, for how long? The boxing skills between Oscar Rivas and Simon Keane are very different. Um, Oscar Rivas yeah. is hands down the better tactician. Um, probably doesn't hit as hard. Maybe I don't know. Simon's just fucking huge, man. He's two hundred and sixty pounds, six foot five. I find him in the amateurs, um, but like different in the pros, right? He's, He's a awkward, big guy, like, very awkward know. guy to fight. Yeah, you can't. I don't. Pred- I can't predict fights. And I don't know. Listen, I, I could say, yeah, I should fight people of my own size, but if a contract flew my way, hey, you want to fight Simon Keane tomorrow? Just uh, You're going to see me fight Simon <laughs> Keane tomorrow. <laughs> uh, next question comes from GWinner84. Who hit harder, Rivas or the Russian? Harder? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the <laughs> Russian had more, I don't know, like a... I would say Revis had more weight behind his punches, but the Russian had more snap. But okay. Revis was a heavier puncher. Like, Revis could hit, man. He could really, really hit. Everything was behind his punches. You could just tell by the way. Like, the way he was throwing punches were perfect. And every punch was heavy. Every yeah. punch had the same power. That's what I noticed. Free from the jab, his jab had the same power as his overhand right. No, I know where to lie. The jab was nasty. It was the most impressive punch I've seen come from him the whole night was his jab. Yeah, and you know what? And I knew I knew he had a great jab. I knew he had a great jab to the body. I didn't know he had a jab like that to the head. But I guess, hey, I was a good target for him. I was coming straight at him. <laughs> he could practice it on me. Oh, fuck. That's the way you were going to win that fight, though, was just go right at him. That's it. I, I, I followed exactly what Stevie said. Get on his chest. Next uh, question comes from Ghost underscore Glitch. Um, would you ever try to fight a light heavyweight in the future? Oh yeah, I'm, uh, eventually I'm going to. I just need help. Like, it's just going to take time, right? Like, but for now, I'm a cruiserweight. I'm going to stay here until I win a world title here, and I'm not going up or down or sideways or you know like cruiserweight. That's it. Me. Leave me to my weight, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think everybody appreciates what you did when you went up uh, up a weight class. It took a lot of nuts to go do that. It took a set of fucking balls. Well, like I like I always said it, you know. I, I guess people just had to see it to believe it that I would fight anyone at any weight. There, but like I just said, but now after experiencing it, like I want to stay at cruiserweight. 
But if the but if but if the offer came tomorrow to fight Anthony Joshua, I'll take it. Why not? You're gonna get paid. Yeah, and I got <laughs> I always got a chance, you know. Well, at the end of the day, um, do you have something else in the works right now, fight wise? Yeah, okay. I'm fighting February fifth, Canada. Yeah, we can Cape Breton at home. That place is gonna fucking yeah. sell out fast. It's the Jesse Jesse and Brandon are gonna do the uh, the main event in Cape Breton. Okay, you are on that then. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm just not gonna fight the main event. I'm oh, stepping perfect. back, and they're gonna do the main event. So Which, was, in my opinion, uh, if I'm gonna have a tune-up fight, they they should be the main event. That's a that's a main event worthy fight. Whether it's in my hometown, whoever's hometown, like I rather like step back and let let's let the boys have the show. You know? Are they gonna fight for a title? Those two? I think it's gonna be for a WBC silver, maybe the belt that I Perfect. I just vacated. You vacated that a title. Different, different weight division, but yeah, I vacated that belt. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, well, I had to. I had to vacate it to fight for the world title. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. So the the rankings are updated now, or something. Yeah. That that's a fantastic fight, though. Uh, Brewer versus Wilcox. Oh yeah, that's that's. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm I'm pumped to be able to watch it, so I yeah. can fight, get into the ring, and watch them fight. Are you going to be co-main event then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this, so this is going to be a tune-up fight for you then. So eight rounder, ten rounder, something like that. Yeah. Well, probably at least ten. But okay. uh, I don't know. They they said the I got an offer today to fight an undefeated guy. Um, but like I said, I don't know. Like we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's going to be a tune-up fight. But see, I'm the kind of guy that I, I don't take no fights lightly. Even if it's even if I'm told you're going to blast this guy out. I'm doing a full camp and I'm training like I'm going to fight Revis again. You like I got to, you have to, because those, even those guys that are, you're not supposed to lose to, Hey, you got to be ready for those guys. Everybody gets, gets caught, right? Like if you're not mentally prepared or physically prepared, the likelihood of getting caught by a guy that's 200 pounds, it's pretty good. You know what? My second pro fight, I learned a, a valuable lesson. Um, I was fighting a guy named by the name of Ray Sayers. And he had been retired. It was it was one of the only fights I had that were a real mismatch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Early in my career, I had a couple that were like, I had a bit of physical advantages, but I was never like in a one-sided fight. They were always pretty competitive. But this was the one fight that I won't post pictures of. I never posted a video of the knockout. I never shared anything when after it happened. I never even talked about it till now. So this guy was, uh, he was retired for 10 years, I believe. Wow. And he was back in the gym and he was sparring with uh, Frank White, former cruiserweight Canadian champion. Yeah. And apparently he was doing real well, so he wanted to make a comeback. Uh, he used to fight at 160 pounds, I believe. So he was coming back as a cruiserweight and had never been, been hit by a cruiserweight. Like, so <laughs> anyway, first round. And this guy was four, in his 40s, early, for, early 40s. Yeah. So the first round, I remember, like, I felt bad. I didn't even want to take the fight, but it was either I took the fight or I didn't fight at all. It was on, uh, actually, it was on the undercard of Brandon Brewer fight card. And uh, so first round, I was, I remember chasing him around the ring, and he was running around, moving, jabbing, and I was like, as soon as I landed, I knew it was going to be over. And all of a sudden, boom, it was like the fight was starting over again. And, like, you know, you're piecing things together. I'm like, I just got fucking hit. I got rocked. Like <laughs> this guy, he timed me with a, he, he was jumping around. Like this dude was old, bald head, gray. Anytime you had a right hand and he hurt me, like he actually like, stunned me. Right. Hurt you, hurt and I was you. like, Oh, I, I got to get him out of here. Like that guy can punch. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hurt me. It was the only, I wasn't hurt again until I fought uh, to tag that Russian guy. Yeah. I was, I was never hurt again in my whole career until that fight. But that was like, like I was genuinely rocked. Uh, seconds later, I, I finished the fight, but like, but it was a valuable lesson that, like, you can't take anyone lightly because you'll get. Sometimes you might just get slept. <laughs> well, crafty veteran too, right? Been around for a fucking half a century almost. That's it. They know how to time you, get you to walk into the punch. Boom! You don't have to be a big puncher. You just got to be smart. 
Um, what did it mean to uh, get Brandon Brewer in your camp when he came down to help you get ready? That was a that was a Man, really cool thing of him. That was a, that's a real friend. You know what I mean? Like someone who who does that. Like what a solid guy. And it, not only that, but like Brandon. If, to the those who don't know, Brandon is the one who got me into professional boxing. Mm-hmm. So like he was the only person I knew who was a pro. And he was having the, the fight card. So when I decided that I was going to turn pro after my last amateur fight, I had uh, fought at the Olympic trials in Quebec. Turned pro, Brandon was like, hey, man, come stay at my place for a week. We'll train. Like, So I drove to New Brunswick. We trained. He explained the whole pro game to me. You know, each he showed me tricks for the for the pros, like style-wise, all these different things. Like, And, uh, and he's like, I'm going to get you an undercard of my – of my fight I got coming up, like turned your pro, and I like I couldn't get any pro fights. So like it was, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have got introduced into the pros. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like he he he's done a lot for my career, man. And then like he 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 showed me that shell guard, and that I used when I fought a bulk and I come in with the high guard, you know, things like that. And like yeah, he he did that on his own time. He just drove drove up from New Brunswick to ontario just to just to train alongside just to get up in the mornings and run with me just to just to be there in the corner like to give advice sparring you know what i mean yeah drive me here drive me there remember when uh leading up to that fight like that week before the fight i had to get medicals last minute for the revis fight yeah so like i i was a i was a mess mentally a week before the fight because i was so stressed i was i was genuinely nervous because i was like damn, I'm probably going to get knocked out. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn, like, I'm going to take a bad one in this fight. This is crazy. So, like, I was, you know, I was stressed to the nine. So, running around trying to get medicals done and blood work, setting up appointments, I was, like, getting, like, so frustrated. And he just come along and he was like, man, I'll drive you everywhere. He's like, I'll drive everywhere so you don't got to worry about driving. You know, I'll help you out with the paperwork and all this stuff just because, like, he knew I was, like, so, you know, gone mentally that, you know, he just stepped in and helped out. So what a what a guy, you know, like a genuinely what a guy. Uh, I had him on the podcast, and uh, I really like Brandon. He's a fantastic, just a just a great human being. Um, I'm yep. going to get him back on the show before his fight with Jesse Wilcox. But I did say that I would make a prediction for that fight when that fight was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. My prediction is Brandon Brewer by knockout round six. Round six? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see um, this fight going many different ways. You know what I mean? Jesse's now, tough, I I, like, I I really like Jesse. Like Jesse's a great guy too. Yeah. Um, I, like I'm a you know I like Jesse a lot, but like Brandon's like my he's my close buddy. You know what I mean? Like I got you know, but like I'm not gonna predict the fight. I might predict it a little closer, <laughs> but I think you know oh, lost me there. Um. I will say this after training with Brandon, you know, I knew Brandon for a long time and he's coming like he means business, man. He means business. I'd never seen him train like this. The way he's punching, like he's got a different kind of intent for this fight. You know, and, and Jesse's one tough dude and Jesse's got a lot of heart. Yeah. You know, but I do believe that Jesse um and the Wilcoxes, you know, great, great family, by the way. Um but I do believe they underestimate Brandon a little bit, especially with um, the boxing IQ and the the skill. Yeah. Because, you know, Jesse's a great boxer with a great jab, great one-two, great one-two hook, very traditional style, like a traditional boxer. Yeah. And, and really, really, really slick and, and fast, punch, good punch, good power. Then Brandon is very less traditional where, like, as myself too, we, we come in with like low head movement, you know, just just a different kind of style, but it's um, uh, it's still skill. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's you can call it awkward, call it what you want. It's still skill, and it's hard to deal with. Yep. And just because it doesn't look like the traditional skilled boxer, doesn't mean that it's not at that level. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. So like it's it's very easy to underestimate Brandon's skill. Different style. But it's, That's all it is. Different it's a style. Diff- it's a different style. Yeah. 
You know who I really sure. like? I really like Jesse's dad. He kind of shit talked me a little bit in, a, in an interview because I did the I did the podcast <laughs> with Brewer and um, Jesse's Jesse's dad is an old school guy, so he he puts a lot of stock into the amateur record. Yeah, and I will say this: between that whole family, there's like two thousand fights in that household. <laughs> like, man, the the experience that that family has in boxing, it just can't be taught. They're all badasses you know, they, too. They and they all know they all know boxing. Yep. You know they all they all help each other. They all um, you know train hard. You know they're they're a real boxing family. It's cool. It's cool to meet them and, and train train with them when I did there and stuff. Yeah, my prediction is no disrespect to the Wilcox family at all. I think they're great. Um, but I feel Brandon Brewer has a new lease on his career. He's got a new outlook and he's got a fire lit under his ass. And that's a problem for anybody in that weight division. It really is. Like a lot of people don't know, but like Brandon's Brandon's a military guy. He's a hard dude. Like he he didn't have. It wasn't an easy upbringing for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing was handed to him. He 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 worked for everything. Like he's a, he's the kind of guy who, you know, when it comes down to it, like myself, like it's like a lot of fighters say it kill or be killed because they heard other fighters say it like like nate diaz and these guys a lot of them don't mean it no a lot of them just say it because they heard it like monkey see monkey do and a a lot of uh a lot of fighters are like that in boxing today you know what i mean they'll they'll pretend to retire like it's just like they they see it on instagram they say it they do it it's just that's just how like humans work in general but there's few fighters that actually mean that like they'll act, they'll actually die, or keep or they'll keep coming. Like it's a, it's just subconscious, you know. Like there's fighters like that. Brandon's definitely one of those fighters. Yeah, he's. I I would definitely put him in that category. Um, I got one more question for you, and then I'll get you the hell out of here. It's probably getting late there. Um, yeah, getting. Got it. I need to get a go get a bear steak and starve. <laughs> well, we've had three restarts of the vehicle, so that's how I'm timing this thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Man, you got a you got a brand new baby at home. You finally got to spend some time with her. What's it like being a dad? Unreal. Like I never. It's life life altering. Easy. Um, yeah, there's no words really. <laughs> yeah, when you told me you're you're having a, a little girl. I said, oh man, you're in for it now. Because oh yeah, because yeah. that that's the one person on the planet that's going to be able to check you at every corner. Unreal. Like as soon as I, as soon as I hold her and like she looks at you, it's just like, man. I remember the first, the first thing I thought like when you you hear parents talk like I'll do anything for my kid, I'll do anything. Like you don't understand until you actually have one, yeah. and then you understand. I remember the first thing I thought when I was holding, her, I was like, wow, and this is a crazy thought, but I was like, if somebody passed me a chainsaw right now, and was like, cut off both your legs, or we're gonna cut off one of hers, well, how is the chain sharp or what? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anything you do, fucking anything for them, it's crazy. It's, it's immediate too. It, there's no five minutes, five weeks, five months. It's immediate. Yeah, it could. You know what? It probably played a big role in the way I fought in that fight. Get like, you, you could, you know, like I knew that the success of that fight, and I kept telling it to myself and Dion over and over and over. It's like. You know how I how this fight goes will change Maylie's life. Yeah, like because if if I do well and if I win or or do well, I'm going to get big fights, big paydays. If I do bad, well, I'm back down to the bottom of the ladder. Well, not necessarily, but it's going to be tough. I'll have a little bit more of a comeback to make. But I knew if I fought the way I fought, if I did good, you know, it would get me to the top quicker, so I could take less damage and and you know and not be uh not be a punched out punch drunk dad when she's a kid growing up i don't want that <laughs> yeah that, that would suck um you yeah. are engaged to be married correct yeah the the wedding i don't know when the wedding's going to be we didn't decide that yet right now it's kind of just all about baby you know? yeah so so no wedding date but will i get an invitation to this wedding oh 100 and it, i i don't know i haven't spoke to dion about this yet but it, i've I want to make it during hunting season. <laughs> so, yeah. that would be awesome. Be- 
down, get a hunt in. That'd, that'd be, be good. sick. I, I will 100% show up to that thing, though, when it goes down. Yeah, for sure. Well, you'll be getting an invite. 100%. Um, also, something else we do on the show is we have a guest of the year. Um, I normally wait till award season to announce that, but I won't wait this year. Um, you are the 2021 guest of the year, voted hands down, unanimous decision. You are the guest of the year this year. Your package is in the mail. You should get it next week. Oh, that's why you asked me for the address. That's why I got the address because I sent that. Shirt. Oh, okay. I did. That's fucking. That's sick. I didn't win the fight, but <laughs> I've won something pretty good this year. <laughs> I got a bear. Got a got a baby. You, you've had and a good I got year, the man. Award. You got you've had a good year. It's a it's a small consolation prize, but uh, you hands down are the number one rated guy on this show of 2021. It's not even close. Well, I don't know why. What, what, what are I talking about? I don't get it. Ah, we just talk. We, when we talk, it's not just strictly boxing, though. There's there's so much other things that we talk about, mostly killing animals. But people seem yeah. to like that shit. People like it or they really don't like it. Oh, my God. Some people don't like it. I got some hate from that, from posting my bear, but hey. Oh, whatever. You what... post shit online, you get vegans that show up and they start talking shit. But uh, I'll get you out of here, man. You look hungry. You want some bear meat. Um, your your wife's probably inside wondering what the fuck you're doing in the goddamn truck. Yeah, well, she she wanted to come out here and uh, and do it, but she's like, oh, I can't, I can't. It's too cold out here for the baby. You're gonna leave the, the heat on in the truck. Oh, oh I would have loved to have seen the baby. That would have been awesome. But the next the next one, I'll make it a point. Next one, we'll do it. I'll get I'll, you out I'll, of here. I'll, I'll get you out of here. Do you have anybody you want to thank today before we get you the fuck off the show? Um. I should probably thank my sponsors. Um, oh my God, I forget the name of it again. So I'll do it next time. It's late here. I've been hunting all day, walking all day. Can't remember much right now. They <laughs> know who they on. are. Um, guys, thank my sponsors. Rampage Coffee, Monkey Knuckle, On It, uh, USG, Fleshlight. If you're a freak, get yourself a Fleshlight. Use the promo code TFS Podcast and save money on your jerk-off tools. Um other than that, I think uh, just thank you for, for the performance that you put on in that fight. It was amazing. It made Canada proud. And uh, hopefully you never, ever have to go through a war like that ever again because it was tough to watch. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So thank you. I appreciate the – glad everyone enjoyed the fight. And, uh, yeah, you know what, though? We both know there's going to be more like that. <laughs> I know. I got to say it, though. But uh, we'll get you the fuck out of here. Guys, that's the final shot.